Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Recently, a genre of TikTok video was thrust into the spotlight after a woman went viral for being the recipient of a supposed good deed. The video of her receiving it then posted online without her consent. While the country argued over whether a good deed was in fact a good deed if it was done for likes and shares, many others wondered what your legal options are if you're exposed on a viral video while going about your daily business. Today, we look at the laws surrounding your image being used without your permission and what you can do about it once it goes viral. But first, in news headlines for Friday, July 29. The coach of the Manly Sea Eagles wears seven players refused to play in the inclusivity jersey due to their religious and cultural beliefs has asked for sympathy from fans when they return to the field next game. The seven players last night agreed to wear the jersey next season as long as they're consulted first, something that didn't happen in this case, the jersey revealed to them via social media, despite some players having modelled it for promotion and the jersey sent to A-list supporters. Coach Ted Hasler says it's vital players welcome the seven back with an open mind, pointing to the values the Inclusivity Initiative had tried to represent. An audit investigating the management of the coalition government's handling of the $1.38 billion Building Better Regions Fund has found that $100 million of that was funnelled into Nationals' electorates against the advice of the Infrastructure Department. Labor has accused the former government of using the fund for pork barrelling, adding it to the list of other funds that have been seemingly misused in this way, such as the sports rorts saga. The Australian National Audit Office said the department advice on the projects that were the most worthy of funding were routinely ignored by ministers. The US is now unofficially in recession after two successive quarters of negative growth. President Joe Biden and the White House have, however, insisted the economy is not in recession, despite the markers pointing that way, with the president saying it's no surprise the economy is slowing as the Federal Reserve works to bring down inflation. A downturn of the world's largest economy would have a global impact, as well as create issues for President Biden, whose approval rating has dropped dramatically as Americans struggle to make ends meet in the current climate. The Russian TV journalist who famously held up a sign in the background of a news bulletin telling people they were being lied to about the war in Ukraine has been handed another fine for her protests. Marina Ovsyanikova was handed a 50,000 ruble fine for defiling the country's army linked to an anti-war protest where she held signs saying Putin is a murderer and his soldiers are fascists. Russian authorities have cracked down on reporting of the war in Ukraine which can only be referred to as a special operation. Many independent 
independent media outlets have been forced to stop covering the war or shut down altogether. Neighbours fans were brought to tears last night as old flames reunited and old cast members were brought back to Farewell Ramsey Street. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched it yet. Mike Young, a.k.a. Guy Pearce, rode back into town on his motorbike, reigniting a flame with Jane, who was his love back in the 1990s. Beth Brennan and Flick Scully, a.k.a. Natalie Imbruglia and Holly Valance, had a chance encounter in London when Flick saw Beth checking out Paul Robinson's Instagram in a park, later crossing back to Ramsey Street to wish Toadie and Melanie a happy wedding, while many others featured in a wedding congrats video put together by Carl and Susan. Ramsey Street royalty Scott and Charlene, Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue came barreling into the street in a car with Queensland number plates and blasting their song Especially For You on the speakers before Charlene attempted to break into their old home through that same window. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. Marie recently popped down the shops to grab a few things, have a sit down and a coffee and do it all while minding her own business. While she was relaxing with her cuppa, a young man approached her asking her to hold a bunch of flowers. Sorry to bother you, is it okay if you can just hold these? He then grabs his jacket out of his bag and puts it on before leaving her with the bouquet. Have a lovely day. In the video edit, she seems quite taken with the gesture before placing the flowers down on the table in front of her. While on the surface this looked like a lovely thing from a kind young man, what she then realised was that someone had been filming her. She approached them. Here's Marie talking to ABC Melbourne. You know, they were only a few feet away and I said, did, did you film that? And they, they, they said no, no. And um, anyway, they obviously had... Marie said she knew they'd uploaded the video but didn't think too much of it until it went viral and the online headlines started to paint her in a very specific light. Old woman, elderly woman, you know, heartbreaking tale. They must have gone through the the film and they got this picture of me looking, supposedly crying, but it was this horrible expression and I just was quite offended. There was even an implication that, you know, I was maybe homeless. The video has so far been viewed on his page more than 65 million times, been liked by more than 12 million, shared by 35,000 and with nearly 40,000 comments, most of them saying how moved they were by the act. The video creator Harrison Pollock was interviewed by Channel 10's The Project, saying he feels no remorse for the impact he has on those he films because his intentions are all good. I know my true intentions and I know that if I can just inspire even one percent of the people that watch my content to go out there and do something good i have done something that i believe is good for the world marie's story is one of millions of people captured without their permission for this type of video one man going by the name essa was part of another viral good deeds tiktok this one where a young man zips through the checkout while you're not looking and pays your grocery bill for you By the time that person realises, the Good Samaritan has disappeared. The problem for Essa is that he's a refugee from Afghanistan and he didn't want his image to be on the internet at all for safety reasons. Of course, we are often thankful for the things that members of the public capture on video for us to see. We've seen the impacts of climate change on Australians from those chased by bushfires into the sea and those watching the water climb past their windows. 
We've been given access into abandoned sites, behind the scenes and sometimes even into the moment a crime has occurred. That footage sometimes leads to the capture and conviction of criminals. But for Marie, she wasn't committing a crime or involved in a major breaking news story. She was minding her own business, drawn into a world she had no interest of being drawn into. So what are her rights in this situation? Dr Claire Southerton is a lecturer in digital technology and pedagogy at La Trobe University. Her research explores how social media platforms and other digital technologies are used for learning and sharing knowledge. Her previous work has explored digital youth cultures, surveillance and privacy, digital health and sexuality. Doctor, what are the laws about filming people and posting them on the internet without their consent? Yeah, well, I think what's crucial in the situation that we're talking about here is that it's filmed in a public place. So what makes it possible to upload footage of other people who didn't give permission is when that footage was taken in a public place. Normally, you can't just sort of go into someone's home and film them and make them the kind of subject of your film or your footage. But in this situation, there are some kind of legal parameters to take footage, if you say filming in like a a park or in public places that aren't private premises, then you are allowed to film people without their permission. And especially when it is there's sort of a grey area around social media content because often it's sort of understood within the law as for personal use, even if it is somewhat commercial. So this TikTok content and a whole lot of social media content does kind of fall under a bit of a grey area in terms of how we understand its kind of commercial use. So if they're legally allowed to film me in a public place and upload that to the internet, do I then have any right of reply? Can I go back and ask for that to be removed or have any leg to stand on legally? Well, I think the thing that's really interesting here is there is quite a right of reply. You can absolutely contact someone and say, I don't want to have this up on the internet. I'd like to have it taken down. But it's sort of interesting when you think about how many people have seen the TikTok at this point. The damage is already done. I think what's much more interesting at this point in the conversation is not what's legally right, but really what's ethically right and what feels like the kind of right of reply in this situation is really about us having a conversation about what should have been done in the first place and maybe what influencers should be thinking about going forward when they're making content. What is ethically right when you're going to film someone in a public place, something that might be technically legal might not be in the spirit of the laws. So a lot of the laws around filming in public spaces are designed to facilitate filming that might capture someone from a distance or kind of inadvertently in a video that doesn't necessarily make that person the subject of the film. I've been watching a couple of interviews with a couple of these influencers who do these good deed style videos and they seem to think that their good deed kind of overrides everything else, that their intentions override everything else. But as one man in particular pointed out who was the subject of one of these viral videos, he's actually an asylum seeker from Afghanistan and his face going across the internet virally actually puts him at risk. How do we make those people who do these good deed videos understand that there are some really broad implications from the things that they do? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great example. It's an interesting space because I think what's happening is that influencers are kind of developing as a part of the media landscape. And if you think about, say, journalists as a group on the media landscape as well, they've sort of had to develop a sense of sort of professional ethics and kind of a sense of what's okay and what's not okay. And influencers haven't been as around as long and haven't had 
as much of a sense of identity. And part of these kind of growing pains, I think, are coming from the how relatively young social media influencing is as a profession. It is important that we start to think about influencers as professionals, even though we might think of them as they're often quite young and we might think of them as not necessarily always acting in the most professional ways. It is a job and they do need to be held to certain standards and they do need to be aware of the fact that sometimes content that they can create can have huge implications for people's lives. Is it too late to kind of squish the genie back into the bottle now, Claire? I mean, we've seen this explosion of video content over the last five to 10 years, you know, Gen Z and even the alphas, that's the world they exist in now is that we record everything, we capture everything, we post everything. Can we put things in place to start, I don't know, making sure those people who are being posted actually have given their consent or are we a bit past that now? I mean, I think the thing that's interesting is in terms of changing laws, it's not necessarily too late. Often the law catches up to social change. That tends to be how it is rather than kind of working the other way around. But I also think in terms of the changing social norms, often these periods of sort of discomfort when technologies change, when people kind of encounter new technologies and new kind of social practices around technology. So I don't think it's too late for things to change because we always have to change when new technologies change our lives. Also, events like this, even though it's too late for us to kind of prevent potentially the harm that's been caused to someone like Marie, who was in the video, it's really also a great opportunity for, for us to have a conversation about about these issues, like about privacy, about the ethics of filming someone, about the ethics of depicting someone. So what do we want to change in terms of legislation, but also what do we want to change about what's acceptable to see on social media and what do we collectively deem as not acceptable? Lots of people are striving to one day have one of their videos reach that magical viral milestone. But along with that 15 minutes of fame also comes trolls, notoriety. And for those who aren't in on the making of it, it can see people's lives be open to unwelcome intrusion. Many report post-viral experiences, including death threats, constant trolling, and people taking their content and changing it to give it a different meaning or using it for other purposes. For those who've become the unwitting star of the show, like Marie, they may end up being recognised in their day-to-day life for years to come. So while going viral may be the goal, uploading a video of someone that could end up changing how they live may not be worth the hits. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Tom Lyon. Big thanks to anyone listening who's become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. And of course, you'll be supporting our team of female journalists and producers. Subscriptions cost as little as $5.75 a month. There's a link in our show notes. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. 
If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. 